Welcome to the Grow to Gold podcast. My name is Brett Goldstein and I'm your host. On today's episode, I have Craig Ballantyne, author of The Perfect Day Formula and many different ventures. I am super excited to introduce you to the audience today, Craig. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. This is going to be a lot of fun, my man. I'm super excited about it as well. So let's jump right in. Let's set the tone a little bit for the story and the interview here. Where do you come from? What's your beginnings like and what led you to this point? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a farm boy from up in Canada, and I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach in the National Hockey League. That road led me down to getting my master's degree in exercise science and then somehow getting the opportunity to write for Men's Health Magazine, which then led to me creating workout programs and selling them on the internet, which then led me to creating follow-along workout videos that, that I sold on the internet even more, you know, 25 million plus views of my workout videos on YouTube. And go and watch some of those and work out with me for free. And then I had some anxiety attacks, which led me to write the Perfect Day Formula book and help get more structure into people's schedules. Started coaching entrepreneurs at that same time. Wrote another book called Unstoppable, but helping people get through anxiety and dominate in business. And then wrote the Perfect Week Formula, which is probably the best book of all. If you're going to get one book, get that one, perfectweekformula.com. And so, you know, you and I have been chatting for years. Um, you know, we talked about business coaching and getting the structure and systems in place in your life. And, and, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now, and that's what I've been doing ever since then. I love it. So I know just from having some conversations with people in my audience, anxiety, depression, uh, lack of structure, you know, that's a big thing that a lot of people deal with. And from, from my knowledge of you and, and obviously your mission in life to help provide more structure, to help ease that for people, you know, what would be, just to jump right in, what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody that's listening to this and they know that they're just totally out of whack, the structure's missing, and it's really affecting them in so many different ways. What would you say to that person? Yeah, very, very simple. Get up in the morning and work on your number one priority in life for 15 minutes with no electronics. If everybody did that, you know, everybody's super busy. Everybody's overwhelmed. Nobody can find time for what they want to do. But if you made that 15 minutes in the morning, whether it's to attack your number one opportunity or whether it's to overcome your number one problem, you would get further ahead in life than if you try to find time throughout the day. And so what I mean by that is because I know what most people are thinking, 15 minutes, you can't get anything done in 15 minutes. Not true. Because I, when I was a struggling broke personal trainer in 2002, I wanted to build an online business. And so I worked for 15 to 20 minutes in the morning at 4.30 till 4.50 a.m. Then I caught the bus into downtown Toronto to train the rich and famous and wonderful people. They were awesome. I learned a lot from them. And then, you know, whenever I tried to work at 7 o'clock at night after being in the gym from 6 a.m. to 11, doing my own workout, and then being back in the gym from 3 until 6.30, it was like trying to stick, you know, glass into my eyeballs. It was, it was not working. And so I realized I got to get up in the morning. So over 18 months, I was able to build a six figure online business, writing emails, writing sales copy in the morning. And it doesn't matter if you're trying to get out of credit card debt. If you wake up in the morning and spend 15 minutes there with your, with your income statements and your expenses, and you just sit there and you think, and you solve that problem. If you do that six days a week for 15 minutes in the morning, that's 72 hours in a year of clear, uninterrupted thinking on your number one problem in life, and you'll get out of credit card debt faster than the person who's trying to find time for it at another time of day. Likewise, if you want to build an online business, or another thing that I did in 15 minutes in the morning was write a book. Anybody who's an expert in their subject matter and can do a decent job of typing, which was the best class I ever took in high school, grade 10 typing, Great time keyboarding made me, made me a lot of money because I was able to type really fast, but you can write 500 words in the morning. Now, again, six days a week, 3,000 words in a week. In 10 weeks, you have 30,000 words. 15 weeks, you have 45,000 words, which is like a, a, a kind of a smaller, medium-sized book. 500 words every single day in the morning, and boom, you've knocked it out. Because again, you, I know people watching this have been sitting on this book idea. I'm going to find time to write this book. I'm gonna, no, you're not. You're never, you're never going to find time for anything. It's not like time is hidden under your bed with your ab rocker. You've got to make time for what matters in life. And so, therefore, no matter how overwhelmed you are, I'm not telling you to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm not telling you to get up three hours earlier in the morning. I'm telling you to get up 15 minutes earlier in the morning. Attack your number one thing in life. 
And that's how, like, if you did nothing else, nothing else, you dismiss the rest of this conversation, that's going to be huge for you. I love that. And can you talk about the momentum that that sets off for you after you wake up and you dedicate those 15 minutes? You're on fire after that. Totally, totally. Because you've won the day, right? You've already owned your morning and won the day in that 15 minutes because everybody knows what life is like in the afternoon. You know, kids get sick, you got to go pick them up. Uh, you know, everybody else that you work with, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're part of a, a team in a corporate environment, you know, you got like these 9,000 competing things and you're not going to do that same quality of work later on in the day. So it, most people, what they do is they, you know, they've been very busy over the course of the day and they've ended the day with incredible amounts of activity, but not accomplishment. Whereas if you start the day with accomplishment, even if it's 15 minutes in the morning, man, you walk through the rest of the day bulletproof because you're like, yeah, I made more progress than most people are going to do, even if they're going to stay till seven o'clock at night, cleaning up the fires. Now, here's the, here's the real secret. 15 minutes is great. But if you can extend that, and I don't mean getting up earlier and earlier and earlier, but if you can find a way to reconfigure your schedule so that you don't get into the busy work for 90 minutes in the morning, and you have 90 minutes from 6 to 7.30 or 7.30 to 9 or whatever it is that's your time of day or whenever, you know, fits your schedule. If you can extend it to 90 minutes, that's like a full work day for most people. And that is incredibly powerful. And do not skip Saturday because you will have your greatest production on Saturday because Saturday, like let's say you worked at 5 o'clock in the morning during the week, right? You know that nobody's really going to bother you at that time. But you have this anxiety and tension around, man, all heck is going to break loose sooner or later. But on Saturday morning, not only is nobody bothering you at seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, but you know that no one's going to bother you. You know that you're not going to get 19 emails before 10 o'clock in the morning about meetings and all that stuff. You just like, you have this extra creativity. And I, I'm like, I'm not woo, not woo, not woo, I'm woo, I'm a woo really believe that you're going to be more creative on that Saturday morning. So if you can, you know, if you're not doing it at all right now, do it once a month. If you're doing it kind of sort of off and on, do it every Saturday, it'll change your life. I love that. I love that. And that's such practical advice. My question for you, because I've read your books and I feel like I have a pretty decent understanding. What I love your premise of the three C's. Can you dive a bit yeah. more into that for everybody? Because this is a life-changing concept for people that if everybody truly, if you're in a place right now, if you're not driving, if you're not at the gym, if, you have, if you're sitting down somewhere taking notes, which I always advise people to do when you listen to this type of stuff, please jot this down. Can you Unless you're driving the, a Tesla, then like just take all the notes you want, man. There we go. <laughs> Can kidding. you dive into the three Cs? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You will, you will end up in a horrible fire as all Teslas that get in accidents do. I'm just also kidding. But yes, take lots of notes. I love it. Can you, did, did you hear me? I don't know if it, if it cut out a little bit. Can you hear, did you hear me about the it three did Cs? It cut out a little bit. Did you hear about the yeah, three so Cs? Yeah, so three Cs. So everyone, uh, yeah, everyone's probably going, this guy should not try and be funny. Anyway, so the three Cs I stole from Epictetus, who is a Stoic philosopher who lived 2,000 plus years ago. and and Epictetus says, control what you can, cope with what you can't control, and concentrate on what counts. Those are the three C's. So as I'm really read, reading Epictetus's stuff, I'm, I'm going, you know what? That kind of sounds like how the day goes, right? Control the morning. You control your morning. Control what time you get up. You control what you eat. You control the first things you do. You control what you let into your mind first things in the morning. You have the greatest control in the, in the morning. Then you have to cope with the chaos. You have to cope with the chaos that you can't control throughout the afternoon. So control what you can, cope with what you can't control, which means you know that there's going to be chaos in your life. And so you have to build in buffer times to your day. You have to have a positive mental attitude in the afternoon when you know things are going to be crazy. And you're going to have to have rituals and routines that allow you to stay on track. And you're going to have to have little formulas for saying no to things that do not serve you because you know all those things are going to come in the afternoon, whether it is you know, something on the personal side, like you have a hard time with, um, you know, not eating cookies or donuts or, you know, going to Starbucks and getting a 500 calorie Frappuccino in the afternoon, you got to build systems around that. So you can kind of cope with the chaos because you have a low blood sugar, or you're tired in the afternoon Well, you got to fix that. 
Um, likewise, if you get a lot of emergency requests in the afternoon, you have to have your mindset right and not get, oh man, another one? No, you have to understand, like my business, I'm gonna get these, I'm gonna deal with them like a pro. So that's how you cope with the chaos. Then you concentrate on what counts at night. You're rigid and disciplined throughout the day with a ton of structure. So you get as much done as possible. You have a great amount of activity so that you can leave work on time and be present at home at night. Concentrate on what counts, whether it's for your fitness and your friends, you know, if you're at that stage in your life, get your work done during the day so you can concentrate on what counts at night. Or if you have family, young or old, whatever it is, get your work done during the day so you can concentrate on what counts at night. You got to have that separation of work life and home life. You know, turn the phone off at a certain time and be okay with it. Those are the things that we teach and that's how you apply the three C formula. I love that. Absolute masterclass so far. So in terms of just building systems, and I really want to keep this super entry level for people because I know that people really struggle with this. And with COVID, a lot of people are now walking away from their maybe nine to five and they're really looking mm -hmm. to dive into an opportunity to be an entrepreneur. And I'm personally part of a group that's 700 coaches or so. And everybody there, I can tell you the biggest problem they have, and I know this is probably something if you're listening to this, you probably think about as well, building out systems and not just jumping into something reactively. That's a big problem for a lot of people. And it discourages the heck out of a lot of people when they jump into something because most people, Craig, and I know you know this, are so used to being told what to do. So how do you make the transition from employee to entrepreneur where now you're going from being told what to do and operating within somebody else's template and syllabus to now doing it on your own and putting that structure in place. Cause it's great to talk about structure, but what if you don't know how to create that structure for yourself? Where do you start from the very beginning? Yeah, it's a great question. And you know, a lot of people are, you know, making that transition, you know, in, in a positive way because like, Oh man, I got this idea for this side hustle and maybe they built a side hustle on the side and now it's making enough money where they can do that walk away or whatever the reason is. And then all of a sudden they get this complete freedom in their day. Like I could be doing anything, anytime, all day long. And that just blows people's minds. And I know that I had a problem with it as well. And, and again, it comes back to a lot of the stuff that we talked about before, you know, that 15 minutes in the morning, that 90 minute work block, it's the system that you need to build in the morning is a system that removes distractions. Okay. And, and a lot of people, if you're trying to rely on willpower or discipline or goals alone, you will fail. Okay. Even if you have a goal, even like, even like we, we should all have goals and goals are good, but goals will fail you if you don't have a system for achieving said goal. So very much like we were talking about before, if you want to write a book, I know a lot of people have the goal of writing a book. If, if you just have a goal of writing a book, like, tell me, tell me honestly, all the people listening to this, how's that going? And it's not going very well for most people because there is no system to write the book. You know, a lot of people, well, athletes, let's look at Olympic athletes. They have a goal of going to the Olympics and winning the medal. But if they don't have systems for maximizing training time, maximizing recovery, maximizing nutrition, then they will not achieve that goal. There has to be a lot of systems. And so systems are actually the secret to achieving goals. You have to have the systems in place. And you have to have systems for dealing with the negative, And you have to have systems for accentuating the positive. So systems for dealing with the negative, you need to take a look through self-reflection and introspection at your day, right? So, you know, somebody who has is in the transition, making this transition, the process of this transition. Okay. So maybe it's been three months and man, the routine is off. They're not getting things done. They got way too many distractions. Great. What you need to do, we, we counsel people do a time journal every 30 minutes, have your alarm go off and you write down what you're doing and why you're doing it what you're doing, why you're doing it. And you're going to take a look and you're gonna, now you're going to look at your day and you go, okay, listen, I'm really good till here. Then it goes crazy for two hours. Then I get back on track Then it goes crazy again here and I'm wasting all these hours and you know, I'm doing these things that I hate and like, okay, great. Like that's okay. We just need to get that information so that then we can build systems. And most people, what they have are these things that are called OCD loops. They're times of day when you are either hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, that's an acronym, HALT. We all act out when we're in that HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. We act out by you know, gossiping or going on websites and wasting time or drinking or watching television or overeating. We act out when we are in that HALT uh, part of the day. So you take a look and you go, man, I'm really wasting time at 10.30. Okay, why? Well, you've been working since 7.30. You're not giving yourself 
proper breaks. So instead of you going on Instagram and TikTok for 40 minutes and getting lost in that rabbit hole at 1030, what you do every day at 1015 is you go for a 10 minute walk, get some sunshine, or you do some breathing exercises. You do stuff not going on apps and anything, you know, so have that stuff saved in the system so that you can access it without getting, you know, near the temptations. You do that, you get away from your desk, do some breathing, do some walking, do whatever. Now you're able to come back and get into another focus block of work. It's a system. And so you look at where does my day break down? How can I build systems to keep it on track? Those are, you know, dealing with the negatives. Then it's like, how do I help myself get more productive? And it's like, you know, I'm really good for like 30 minutes and then I find myself doing X, Y, Z, or I'm really good for about an hour and then I find myself, you know, screwing around. Great. You're probably great for the Pomodoro 25-5 or 50-10 system of work, 50 minutes work, 10 minutes of recovery and do that all day. So you, there's, there's systems that are built by all these people. You need to also identify what we call your magic time. This is a time of day that you are naturally more creative, more productive, more energetic. Everybody's got their own biology and chronotype, which means you know, there are people who are like me who do really well in the morning. There are people who, like my friend Joel Marion, who built a $100 million supplement company between the, age, the time of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. Everybody's got their best time. And so you have to go through that time journaling and identify that time of day when you're in the flow. Okay, now you've identified flow time. What, what a lot of people do is that they kind of have an idea of when they really are in flow time, but then they, they schedule calls, meetings, you know, goofy junk, workouts in their flow time. And so they're breaking the system. So step one of this system is identify time. Step two, is build a fence around that. Do not allow calls. Do not take Zooms. Do not do this. Do not do that. We're doing this podcast in the middle of the afternoon because in the morning, I have the system of do not talk to anyone so that I can get my real work done. In the afternoon from two to four, it's all calls. That's the system. And so what you need to do with the magic time is ruthlessly protect it, keep it open. And then the last part of the system is take the hardest piece of work that you have to do and put it in your magic time. You have the greatest willpower, discipline, attention, focus, and you can give that to the most difficult thing that you have to do, writing a book chapter, creating a sales letter, whatever it is, that's where it goes. And then when those things meet, you always win. So that's how you use systems to succeed. And for everybody listening, um, if you've ever read a Dilbert uh, cartoon, Dilbert was written by this guy named Scott Adams. And Scott Adams has a book called How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big. How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. And so he's a big proponent of systems, as am I. And it's, you know, it's like 94% of people on Goodreads like that book. It's got great reviews. And so if you're still struggling to build systems, check that out. If you're struggling to build systems around your, your schedule, check out my book, Perfect Week Formula. It shows you exactly how to build these systems that, are, um, that use a foundational formula that can be applied to everybody's customization that you want to do okay so it's a formula that doesn't just apply to people who want to join a 5 a.m club no i don't even think the 5 a.m club is a good idea for 90 percent of people but what we can do are take systems and strategies and apply them to what's the right time for you to do these things so everybody's able to do that and get their um, get themselves together on it and you know start with your morning get that set up nice and strong then start with your evening routine because that's where you know, in most cases, people's mornings go off the rails because their evening routine was not very good. So you got those two things first. Then you can start to look at some deep work block times during the day. Then I would also focus on the end of day ritual and routine, like for your end of your work day. I talk about in the perfect week formula because you've got to do your planning the night before. If you're doing your to-do list in the morning, you're already too late. You got to do your to-do list the night before so that you can get up and crush it in those 15 minutes in the morning. So those simple systems and keeping the toxic temptations and distraction bombs far away from you is key because you can have all the greatest intentions in the world. But if you sit down to, you know, write that chapter of your book and your phone is beside you and notifications are on, you're dead meat. You know, you got no hope in heck of writing hundred words, right? Because something's going to bing and beep or buzz on your phone. And now you are off, off the rails. So the phone needs to be in another room. And then you've basically removed the roadside bomb that would have otherwise destroyed you. 
and you can focus. So those are the types of things. They're so easy, so easy to overcome this and just building those systems. And you can use the same application to your nutrition by keeping the junk away from you, to drinking. If you drink too much, keep the alcohol out of the house and so on and so forth. And you can just simplify your life through systems. I love it. I love it. And, and the biggest part of what you're talking about through all of this is the self-awareness component that comes before it, right? Because it, you yeah. put it perfectly. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of, it's very easy for me. And I do this every night and this is more practical, tactical advice. If you close your eyes right before you're actually going to go to bed and you go into your bedroom and you have a piece of paper in front of you with a pen and you close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths and you say, what does my perfect morning look like? And I got this from you. I can visualize the night before exactly what time I'm waking up, exactly what my perfect morning looks like. But for the longest time, I would wake up and I keep my fingers crossed and hopefully I would be emotionally there to have a great morning. And it just doesn't work. So having the self-awareness to know where those, as you put it, roadside bombs throw me off, that's a big proponent of it. So do you advise somebody to look at their life and, and, and after they listen to this for a day, two days, three days, and really just be self-aware enough to know where your roadside bombs are going off to then understand how to build systems around that? Or what's your, what's your initial, you know, really understanding and self-awareness points to somebody that wants to implement this system, but maybe doesn't, they need to build the self-awareness first. Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a couple areas here and, and a lot of, a lot of my discipline and, and time ownership stuff. I call it time ownership, not time management. A lot of that stuff comes from my personal training life. When you're a personal trainer, you have all these clients come in and they, they work really hard in the gym and they say, I'm still not losing weight. And you ask them how they eat and they say, oh, I, I'm, my nutrition's great. And you go, okay. And then you get them to do what's called a food journal. And when they do a food journal, honestly, like that's where they go, wow, I didn't realize I was eating this, that, or the other thing. And you're like, or you say, do you realize when you go to Applebee's and you order this or, you, you know, this appetizer, it's 2000 calories. You had no idea about this. I had no idea. Right. And, and so there's no, they don't have self-awareness and that's why people don't get results in the gym because they think it's just, oh, I sweat really hard. So I should lose weight. No, it's really what comes into your nutrition is key. So I learned that there. And then I took that concept and did that time journal, right? We talked about that. So that's a good part of self-awareness. The other part of self-awareness is that most people are chasing things that do not actually matter to them. You know, George Carlin has this uh, phrase, you know, George Carlin's passed away, comedian, uh, very politically incorrect. He said, you know, most of us are doing things we hate uh, to get, to buy, to buy things we don't want to impress people we hate, you know, something like that. And it's like, yeah, that is how a lot of us act, uh, you know, very irrationally. So, through self-awareness and introspection, I, you know, first of all, I start with an exercise that helps people get their values uh, for their life and their future and then their vision for the future because your values and vision, your values and your vision should drive every decision you make. Your values and vision should drive every decision you make. So, so I know this from working with thousands of entrepreneurs in these workshops and I sit down and, and we talk about values and I say, you know, what do you want your values how do you want your values to be expressed for the next 10 years for your family, your health, your wealth, and your personal experiences? Like, what do you want to achieve here? And they say, oh, you know, this, that, or the other thing. I want to be really fit and I want to, um, you know, raise well-adjusted children and I want to have this much money and I want to, you know, take the family, you know, my extended family uh, to Mexico or something on this trip. I go, okay, great. Now, how do your values, you know, what you want to achieve line up with what you're actually doing right now? Eh, okay. You know, the wealth one, you're working really hard, you're making a bunch of money, but you want to raise well-adjusted children, you know, Mr. Anderson. Uh, right now you are working 12 hours a day and you have a one hour round trip commute. How does, how does that value align with your actions? And the answer is it simply does not. And you're 40 pounds overweight because of that lifestyle. Like, okay, great. You're one out of four and it's just not going to happen. You also don't take any vacations. So the Mexico thing's not going to happen. And we see like this person for whatever reason is chasing a whole bunch of stuff that if they're honest, does not actually matter. So we first must go and figure out their values about what matter. And then we create a vision for their life. All right. In three years from now, 
Mr. Anderson, what exactly do you want your life to look like? What house do you want to live in? What car do you want to drive? How much time do you want to spend with your kids? What do you want your weight to be? How do you want your marriage? Everything. Well, you know, what do you, um, what do you want to be doing in your spare time? And when I get, uh, I've, you know, have a little exercise that allows people to write that out. It's like, okay, now you've given me the roadmap for your life. And every decision can be run through that. So if somebody says to me, well, you know what, right now uh, I'm 20 pounds overweight, but in three years from now, I want to run the Boston Marathon. Okay, great, great. So, I mean, Boston Marathon's a serious thing. You don't, you know, they don't let every, uh, you know, Joe run that thing. So you can make, you know, every single day when it comes to your health and your decision to exercise or not, your decision to do foam rolling and all that horrible stuff that every runner needs to do in order to run injury free. And in order to, you know, get your weight down, probably not just 20 pounds, but 30 pounds in order to have a runner's physique, every decision you make has to be run through those values and the vision. And then it makes, it, it makes making the right decision so much clearer. And that's the introspection and self-reflection somebody needs to have. And if they don't have that, if somebody's listening to this and go, I've never done any of that. And that same person is sitting there spinning their wheels. I can tell you those two things, the fact that you haven't done that and that you're spinning your wheels are highly correlated. Totally. And then that really makes that person that hasn't done that link up to other people's visions and say, well, that should be mine. And in another episode that I did with another good friend of mine, I believe he interviewed you as well, Omar Elitar of the Passion A Few podcast. Oh, yeah. I've been on his show twice, man. Yeah, he's amazing. So he, may, he, he said something that really dropped some bombs. And I got some amazing feedback from my audience about this. He's like, most people are spending their life chasing other people's visions about what their oh. life should be. So how do you, if, if that's somebody that just heard this and they're like, boom, that's me, right? And they're being honest with themselves. How do you really go about taking that person and saying, look, you don't need to chase what society says you should chase. It's totally okay if you want to do your own thing. How do you get that person to build that self-confidence internally to say, no, my vision's important. My dreams are important. I don't want to just chase what everybody else says I should be chasing. I want to go after what I feel is important. Well, honestly, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I get somebody else to, to do what they, they're supposed to be doing. I mean, I help them figure out what they really, truly want, and then I build them a plan to do it, but I'm actually not in the self-confidence game. I know that if you make a promise to yourself and you keep it, that's one way to build your self-confidence, but I am not a confidence coach. I'm, I'm a very pragmatic person. So if somebody tells me they want to achieve something, I'm not going to sit there and like, oh, you know, you can do it. I'm going, to I'm going to ask you at the end of the day, did you do anything that got you there? And if somebody says, yes, I'm going to go, great. What are you going to do tomorrow that's even more effective to get you there? And if they say no, well, I'm going to go, oh, well, quit wasting my time and quit wasting your time and just stop saying that you want stuff that you truly don't want. So I'm actually like, I'm like not a very good confidence boosting person, I guess. No, if like, anything, I don't actually, if any, I don't actually it, know how to boost somebody's confidence like that. And, like, and I, and if, I love that. If you that. tell me you want to do something and you don't do it, like I don't have time for that. I love that. And that's actually more motivational, I think, than, than trying to hold somebody's hand through the entire process anyway. So I know that. I mean, I know listen, if they're not going to do it, it's not my job to show up every day and like say, hey, man, did you do it? Like, I got, I got my own stuff to deal with. So I'm going to build you the plan. And if you do the work, I'm going to continue to show you how to achieve next level. But, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not coaching six-year-old soccer here. I love it. No, that makes total sense to me. So even, even when somebody comes to you, they're putting in the work, they're doing everything. Do you have any built-in processes for making sure that you're on the right course. Cause sometimes I know high performers can put their heads down and it's just work, 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 similar to what you mentioned before, but you want to make sure, I mean, the ultimate goal is, and this might sound a little bit, a little bit cliche, but it's, you know, in a sense to be able to work on what you're passionate about, which in reality allows for you to be more productive, right? Have fun, make a lot more money and do all of that in ways where you're breaking out of societal norms of maybe you don't have to work 24 hours a day. Cause I feel like a lot of people are stuck in that mindset, man. A lot of people reach out to me, listen to this podcast and they're like, dude, I'm always working. 
but true success. Yeah, my, my job, on, that's, a, please. that's a great question. And my job, uh, and I just did this as a today, my job is to, when somebody tells me what they're doing, my job is actually to, tell, to say to them, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. Why, why are you still doing that? Why have you not gotten somebody else to do that? My job is to get them to the point where they're only doing what they can be doing. And I use this little Oprah analogy that everybody needs to become the Oprah of their life, right? And so Oprah, think of Oprah. You know, Oprah is probably, you know, like probably 10 years ago, like every woman in the world had a question for Oprah. If I could just get a minute of Oprah's time, maybe it is still today, right? So she could spend her entire life answering everybody's questions, but that's not what she does. She could spend all her time trying to hunt down guests. No, like that's not what she does. She has a person. She says, go and get me Prince Harry and get him on the show. Like she doesn't go and contact those people. She gets those people. She gets people to get them. She gets people to do the catering. She gets people to do the lighting. She gets people to do the filming. She gets people to do this. Like she gets people to do everything except to figure out what those questions are going to be. That's Oprah's job. And so in your business, everybody listening, you've got a job that only you should be doing and, and editing your videos and posting on your social media, like, you know, putting the post on social media and, you know, sending your emails out and, you know, eventually you should be getting to the point. Like that's not your job. Your job is not that your job is to, to have the strategy and creativity and the vision and to coach your team members up to go and do their jobs. Like in my business, you know, we send out emails almost every single day to our list. I coached somebody on my team to write the emails in my voice. He then coached somebody else to write those emails in his voice. So now my emails are written by some, by, two, you know, it's two degrees of separation. And the emails, when I read them, they're like, yeah, that looks like it would be written by me. And it's just, it is a thing that can be done by other people. It's just like, you know, uh, what was Phil Jackson was coach of the Bulls, right? And, and then, then the Lakers. Like Phil Jackson, doesn't matter. You know, Phil Jackson, I think, was a pro basketball player too. And whatever, he was a college basketball player. Like he knows how to play basketball. But it doesn't matter. Like if Phil Jackson stepped on the court in any of those games and scored a basket, none of it would have counted. He had to coach other people to go out there and play the basketball game and win the basketball game without him taking a shot. And, you know, you could use, you could probably use a better example of like one of the greatest athletes ever uh, who then became a successful coach. And, you know, like even Michael Jordan is a basketball coach or he's an owner of a basketball team. Michael Jordan can't go out and score any more points. His job now is to go and find great players and coach them up to perform at their highest level. That's the only way Michael Jordan's ever going to win another championship. And it's the same in your business. Every single day, you should be going through a process to stop doing so much. And, and what I teach people to do, similar to that time journal, is you know, maybe every 30 minutes, you have an alarm go off on your phone. You have a piece of paper beside you with a, a capital A, a capital D, and a capital E. Automate, delegate, eliminate. Alarm goes off at 8.30 in the morning. Take a look at what you're doing. Can it be automated? Can it be automated? Maybe it's like sending out a welcome email to your new coaching client. You're manually sending it out. That can be automated. Can it be delegated? Can it be delegated? You're editing your own videos. That's easily delegated through Upwork or through your network or through a million other ways. And then E, can it be eliminated? If you stopped doing this, or if somebody on your team stopped doing it, and nobody took it up, would your business suffer? Or in fact, would it improve because it's a total waste of time? And there's a lot of things that people are doing, especially like beginner coaches and beginner entrepreneurs, they get on five different social medias, and they're spending time on five different social medias, instead of just finding the one social media where most of their clients can come through. And if they actually stopped the other four, didn't get better at them right now, but stopped the other four and focused on the one where the clients were coming through, their business would double and their work hours would be cut by five or 10 or 15 hours a week if they stopped doing things. So automate, delegate, eliminate all day long, automate, delegate, eliminate, automate, delegate, eliminate. Like I can't automate, delegate, or eliminate this podcast opportunity, but I can automate, delegate, and eliminate the emails to my list. You know, we delegated those. And there's a lot of other things. 
So always be ruthlessly looking to cut things. And also, when you have opportunities come your way, you have to ruthlessly evaluate them. Is this going to bring me a great return on my time? You know, to be in this person's summit or whatever it is that you get invited to all the time. You get all those invitations and you're like, oh, but what if like one person hears me? No, you can't do that. You've got to have it like, unless this person has legitimate 20,000 people registered and it's in this specific marketplace, those are my parameters. That's my system for saying no. Unless it checks these boxes, I must say no. I'm going to say no politely. Thank you so much for thinking of me, but I can't do it. The end. So that's how you have to be thinking about your time so that you don't work 24 hours a day. Because you can work like 25 hours a day, eight days a week with all the things that you could do in this day and age. But you got to have the ability to evaluate and make the right decisions. I love that. Automate, delegate, eliminate. Automate, yeah. delegate, eliminate. I love that. That's amazing. So my, my question to you, and I, I want to stick with systems here because I think we're really hitting this home for people. So the first step in this process is to automate, delegate, eliminate, time block, understand what you're doing, time journal, get a feel for what your day is. And I bet you right there, so many people are going to notice, holy crap, I'm spending my whole day on stuff that's $10 an hour tasks that I really yeah. could eliminate, right? Next step from there is now you learn and implement the systems, right? The process after that, where I really want you to dovetail, if you wouldn't mind, is how do you then go and teach that system to somebody else? Oh, it's a great question. So what you need to do is like, let's say it's a system for editing videos or something. Okay, great. So you know how to edit your videos. You've been editing them. It's like, okay, but you should not be doing them. So therefore, what you do is you do a screencast of you editing a video and saying, all right, I, I want them. Well, well, first of all, you show them the end result and say, this is what we're aiming to do. And if it's not yours, you, or if you have a video that you like from somebody else, you go, this is the model video. Here's why I want it to look like this. You know, it's you know, because it has cuts here, this, that, and the other way. It starts like this. It has this color. That's what we're aiming to do in our videos. This is the model. If you don't give somebody a model for what you want them to do, then you can't get upset with them when they hand you back something that is in their mind good, right? If you don't tell somebody to cut your lawn diagonally, they're just going to go out. Like I would just go out and I'd just go around and around and around. But now it's like, what do you mean? Why would you cut your lawn like that? Everybody knows you cut the lawn diagonally. I didn't know that. And so you need to, first of all, give them the model of what they're aiming to achieve. Then you show them how it's done. You go, this is how we edit it. We use this, we do blah, 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 blah. You make the screencast video. You're probably going to need to make it a couple, like twice, because you want to keep it as short as possible and still cover everything. Then what you do is you actually give them that video and you tell them to write out what you said in the video and make the standard operating procedure, the SOP, in written format using your video. Then what you do is when they do their first take edit, whether it's making the video or writing a chapter or writing an email, you go through and you meticulously give it feedback. Hey, this was great. I love it that you did this because that's exactly what we're looking for. Okay, here, what we should do is not do this because it's too dark or whatever, it's too fast. We wanna give people more time. Okay, so right here, I want you to redo that section. This, good, this, good, this needs work. Here's why, please read resubmit. And so that's what you'll do. And eventually after they've done it a couple of times, they'll be doing it the way that you want. Powerful. And then from there, you already said now with your emails, just to go back to an example that you referenced, you did that effectively with somebody, then they went around and now there's a second iteration of them taking that SOP standard operating procedure and now coaching the next person on it. And that's really how you create levels of systems. Is that accurate? Exactly. Exactly. And so my best book is my last book, which I did not write. The guy, the first guy that wrote my emails wrote my book in my third book. And everyone says, this is the best book yet. And I'm like, great. It's the best book because what I did was, um, you know, the first book is I had a lot of stuff in my head. I knew that worked and I went and wrote chapters. I went and wrote essays and then kind of smushed them all together. 
got a lot of questions. Got like 150 questions, uh, you know, good questions from Amazon reviews, from speaking at events. I was like, oh my gosh, I left so many things out. So then I went and did a presentation at all my workshops. I did this like 75 times, did an hour long presentation on the perfect week formula, got more questions like, what about this? What if I have, you know, I, your example there had 2.1 dogs, but I have 2.7 dogs and 3.3 kids. And this one only had 2.5 kids. So how does that work for me? And I heard that question for everything and I refined it. So now I had this brilliant, very clear one and a half hour presentation that I did in audio format, gave it to my copywriter, who Austin, who wrote the book, and all he had to do was go and tell the stories in written format that I told in the transcript, and he got my feedback, and then we actually gave it to 25 of my clients. So we, we sent it out an email like, hey, my book's done, who wants to proofread it? And we got 25 people to raise their hand and say, I'd love to, and so they did, and we caught all the errors, and that's how we wrote the book faster than ever. But yeah, that's how we also trained Austin. And by then he's just like, you know, talking like me probably and, you know, thinking like me and sleep, you know, the dreams he probably have are like influenced by me because he spends so much time in my voice. So ultimately what I'm hearing from you, Craig, is systems empower others. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Because, you know, everybody's heard the McDonald's is, you know, it's, it's all systems and 16 year old kid can do it. But it's not just that. It's, it's like a, a pro football team is just running a system over and over and over again. Like Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, right? Did he always have the superstars? Well, he always had Brady. But beyond Brady, a lot of those people were interchangeable. And so you'd be like, man, they just cut Randy Moss or they just cut like, you know, Joe Smith or whatever. He's amazing. Yeah, they cut him and they put another guy into the system. And the system continued to work. And that's generally what you see. Now, systems always break down. Um, you know, sometimes what worked 50 years ago is not the system that works today. But if you're constantly upgrading and improving your systems at the same time, your systems can go a long way. And that's leverage at the end of the day. You know, systems, you know, you're in solar sales. That's a system, right? Here's a script, follow the script, knock on X number of doors, Understand that you're going to get this type of response a lot of the time. Here's the mental system for dealing with that and so on and so forth. I love it. I love it. That makes total sense to me. And obviously you nailed that. You nailed that to a T. So in terms of going from here, right? Well, how much time do you think you spend on a daily basis? And do you have this time block? Because this is a question I personally have to spend time thinking about your systems and refining systems to get the people that you've empowered to run within these systems? Do you have time blocks where you call on these people and you guys have strategy sessions to make sure that the systems are going well? Because the person that's living and executing that system has a different insight into it than maybe you did when you initially built it. Um, great question. Usually what we do is, you know, with our team, if, if I coach, you know, one of my team members to build a system, well, on my system, they are constantly refining it, making it better. And, then what I look at is I'm not looking at the original system. We're looking at what's the output of the system, right? So we know with email marketing that when we run emails to the list about, you know, a certain promotion or something that it should spit out X, Y, Z result. If it doesn't spit out X, Y, Z result. And, you know, we are looking at the end product of the email. And then we're looking at the dashboard of the results. It's like, wait a minute what the heck is going wrong here if it's not spitting out the results? If it's spitting out more results, we're like, also, what the heck is going on here? And so then we'll do a deeper dive into the system. But most of the time, you can just kind of keep it. You, first of all, we empower the people to make the systems better, 100%. Um, and sometimes those things are talked about. Sometimes those things are just done on their own. And obviously, we have meetings with the, we have our weekly marketing meeting, and we have daily huddles in, with our marketing team so that we're constantly talking about this in real time. And so the feedback is not, you know, we talk about email today and then in six months, a lot of things can break in the system. But if like the system is being evaluated and, it, and there's iterations of the system and the communication is thorough and full, then the system will, you know, in theory should generally improve and not regress. Makes total sense to me. So there's a system to check on the system is really what yeah, I was getting exactly. at. Yeah, well, there's checks and balances, right? 
Yeah, I love it. So ultimately, the biggest thing, man, and, and I know your time is valuable. We're coming up on that 50 minute mark. So I don't want to I don't want to take too much more of your time. But this has been incredible so far, a true masterclass on just putting systems in place. But just to put a bow on all of this, I think the biggest thing here is we started talking about anxiety, depression, all that stuff comes from not having a system in your own life. And we gradually progressed this conversation to a point now where we've talked about how to build systems within systems and empower other people to take those $10 an hour tasks off your plate and maybe give it to somebody that that, that task lights them on fire, right? That's a system for them that they truly love. That's a business within a business where you're creating intrapreneurs, people underneath your business. Yeah, that is, that is something that I left out that you just hit that people need to understand because when you hold on to something and you're like, man, I can't, nobody would want to do this. That's not true. Your brain is wired a certain way and you love things that, that you know, whether it's writing email or sales letters, doing video or whatever, people look at you and go, you like doing that? And, and likewise, the thing that you think is horrible bookkeeping, whatever, there are people who love that, geek out on it. And I actually wrote this in a newsletter to my clients the other week is your job as an entrepreneur in building a team is to find people who, who geek out on certain things that are helpful to your business and who would, who geek out on these things in their own time. And then you want to hire them and allow them to geek out on the things that will grow your business. You're paying them to geek out on the things that they would geek out on in their own time. And once you find those people, you know, provided they're a good culture fit and, you know, ethics and morals and all that stuff, ooh, then, then you're rocking and rolling. That's game over at that point. When you truly empower yeah. people within your business to take your business to the next level and it creates a life of its own and people begin taking ownership and accountability of yeah. your business and they feel that sense of pride that's connected to it, that newsletter they've sent out, that's something that they've put their time into that they're showing their friends and they're bragging about that's where you start to create something that's bigger than yourself because ultimately, and this is the point that, you know, feel free to end, end on this and run with it. But if you're being selfish, right, if you're not creating these systems and you're not empowering other people, your vision is never going to grow and your business is never going to grow to that level that it really can make the impact that it's supposed to make if you don't let go, right? So maybe you want to just take that home and end that point there because I know you'll do a great job with that. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to Oprah, right? Like, I'm sure Oprah would love to answer every single person's question. But if Oprah answered, um, you know, tried to answer a million questions a day, she would never be able to do that high level stuff. And, and you name the celebrity, whether you're a Tony Robbins fan, whether you are, you know, a fan of a certain actor or author, like, if they did nothing but answer reader mail, they would never have accomplishment. They'd have a ton of activity, but not a the accomplishment. And so the fact is, is that you were not put here on this earth to do busy work. You were not put here on this earth to cut your lawn. You were not put here on this earth to do your laundry. You were not put here on this earth to edit your own videos. You were not put here on your earth, on this earth to write your sales copy or your emails. You were not put here on your earth, on this earth to do that. You were put here to do something else. And so with that knowledge in mind, find that thing that you were put here on this earth to do. And then ruthlessly get rid of everything else, you know, by delegation, automation, and elimination so that you can spend your time doing that. And that's how you have your greatest impact. You know, that's how you're going to have, you know, on the personal side, you're going to have more money in the bank. You're going to have the best life for your family and you are going to reach 10,000, hundred thousand, a million, 10 million, hundred million, 10 billion people eventually, you know, whatever it is. So that's the, that's the ticket. I love that. And just to reiterate one more point for everybody before we wrap this up, that stuff that you don't want to do, other people were put here to do, right? That's the stuff that lights them on fire. So just because it's something that you feel isn't your thing doesn't mean that there's not somebody out there that's, that's why they're put here. That's why yeah, I mean, here, listen. Here. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there are people who voluntarily choose to be proctologists, right? So people who there are people who like to do things that you would not want to do. And and that's like a weird example, but, but there are. And so just let other people step into their zone of genius as video editors or whatever it is and protect your time.
I love that. Craig, where do people find more about you? I know you have an app that you're creating now to help people get their mornings in line. Talk to us a little bit in the last couple of minutes here about where we can find you, what your app's about, anything you'd like to talk about here before we wrap up. Yeah, hit me up on Instagram at RealCraigValentine or email me at Craig at CraigValentine.com and then just go and grab a free copy of all my books, digital, you know, audiobook, ebook, uh, no opt-in required. I'm not going to get your email address. Just go to CraigValentine.com forward slash free books. Start with the perfect week and you will have systems. You will be exponentially more productive and all of a sudden that overwhelm is going to go away and you're going to be stepping into your greatness. I love that. And did you want to talk about the winning streak app at all? Or are we not ready? Yeah. For that? Yeah. And if anybody's interested in a productivity accountability app in applying it to their own life or using it with their coaching clients, hit me up on Instagram at real Craig Valentine. And we'll talk to you about winning streak, or you can go and download the winning streak app. Uh, it's free on the iTunes store and Google uh, Android thing. And then the, uh, I got to find the code for you to use it for your morning routine. So I'll give it to you for free. The, um, so it's a purple, purple app with a lightning bolt on it called winning streak. And if you download it for free and then enter this code VXFLG2, you can start using it. It'll help you be more productive in your mornings. And you can also, again, shoot me a message on Instagram if you want to learn more about it. I love that. And I appreciate you doing that, Craig, for the audience. I'll definitely put that in the description of the podcast here so everybody can download the app Winning Streak. I'll put the code in there as well so you can jump right into this. And Craig, I just want to thank you again for your time. It's, It's This was a true masterclass in terms of systems, organization, taking the stress, anxiety, and depression out of your day to day because you feel like you're kind of like an octopus on roller skates. There's a whole bunch of movement, but not, not a lot of forward progress. And, and hopefully everybody can tell from this. And again, it's real Craig Valentine on Instagram. This guy really does help to put structure and systems in place, but he's not going to do the work for you. It's about putting the system in place and it's about holding yourself accountable to it and then delegating and, and pushing off everything else that you know is beneath I don't want to say beneath you, but it's not your, it's not your zone of genius as Craig put it before. It's not your jam, man. It's okay. It's just not your jam. I love that. So Craig, but it's somebody else's for sure. For sure. So Craig, thank you again for your time, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to the audience for listening to another episode of the grow to gold podcast. Please leave us a review, like subscribe, all of that good stuff. So we can continue to grow this show organically. And we're going to continue to have more amazing, uh, more amazing guests on here, just like Craig. So Craig, thank you again for your time. Have a great day. And hopefully this podcast really did impact you. So take care. Bye-bye.